Hey guys, this is the Final Flight Podcast for Throwers, brought to you by Track Barn, your one-stop shop for custom apparel, bags, and equipment. Use the code MEMES15 at trackbarn.com to get 15% off your purchase this track season. Also, be sure to follow Track Barn on Twitter and Instagram at Track Barn. Hey y'all, welcome to episode 13 of the Final Flight Podcast for Throwers. Today, you'll hear from North Dakota's own Wiley Dalzal. You'll hear about how this small-town Midwest football QB self-taught himself to throw the javelin to become one of the best to ever throw for the U.S. of A. It's going to be hopeful, and I had a great conversation about his life outside of track and field and all the things that he is accomplishing. If you aren't already, give Riley a follow on Instagram. You can find him at spirit241, S-P-E-A-R-I-T-T-2-4-1. Please subscribe to the podcast if you're not already. Give us a follow on Instagram at me, yours. Thank you for listening and enjoy episode 13 of Final Flight Podcast with yours with Riley Delzell. Hey, all Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Final Flight Podcast for Throwers. Today, I have the distinct honor of talking to a small town country boy from North, North Dakota who self-taught himself how to throw the javelin through hard work turned into, the, to, into a USA javelin champion. Uh, who also had the cool opportunity of competing around the world. He was a 2013 and 2017 USA Outdoor Track and Field Javelin Champion. In fact, since 2013, he has placed in the top three in each of the USA Championships. He's also competed in three World Championships. His throw of 8350 uh, meters is the ninth furthest throw in American Javelin history. He's an OG Memes for Throwers follower, Ladies and gentlemen, on your feet, and welcome this Olympic hopeful, Riley Dozal. Thanks for coming on, man. Hey, thanks for having me. That's awesome, dude. Like, um, I was doing some, I was doing some little bit of a research and kind of like, you know, I mean, it's, it's well, you know, you know, you kind of made it when you got a Wikipedia page about yourself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. You get the kids at school too to to like bring that up. Oh yeah, you know, I looked you up or whatever. When you first have some of those students as they rolling through, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, and like, oh, I didn't know that you're even that you're that big of a thrower or still are and stuff like that. And so it's kind of neat to to have that out there a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's a little little bit of a flex to be like, hey, look me up, like <laughs> Google search me. <laughs> Um, so, you know, I also noticed that like you, you've pretty much lived in the same area, um, in, in North Dakota, correct? Yep. Yep. Uh, grew up, uh, in Western North Dakota and then went to school at NDSU and been here ever since, since 2004, moved here in the fall. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's been good. Um, now other than like when you're traveling to these different big meets or even before, like you, you know, got to college and traveled, was there any plane, plane rides previous to college? No, never. My first one was our spring break trip to Miami. Um, my freshman year, um, made the team and it was a full week in Miami and first plane trip. And I didn't tell anybody cause I was scared. I was like, I didn't want to make it fun of me or anything like that. So I was sitting there just like, Kind of not super scared, but like a little nervous, obviously, because I don't know the whole process, just trying to follow along with the older kids and stuff like that. And then finally, like, got to talking with the other athlete that was sitting right next to me. And I was like, yeah, this is my first one. And then he, of course, yelled across the whole plane to everybody, oh, it's his first one. And then on the way back, the whole trip there, then that whole week or whatever, it was kind of getting ribbing a little bit. But no, yeah, it was never any flights or anything like that. Never really too far out of the state or the area from growing up either. So, yeah. 
can you uh like what was your thoughts like i mean i mean obviously everybody's intrigued to want to know like what your first you know thoughts flying was like what was the probably the most scariest part of flying because like i'm not a big flyer um i i'm not a big fan of the takeoff like that was for me like for me like that's like the biggest thing for me as i i do not like the feeling of taking off what about you yeah um the flight was actually pretty smooth if i remember right i mean it wasn't like i've been on some now that have been like nasty either turbulence in the air or you know the landing is so rough i mean you're bouncing and shaking and then breaking hard you know and flying forward but yeah that takeoff that first hit where it pushes you back in the seat and you're like oh okay what's going on and shaking a little bit and yeah definitely it was it was all like the whole thing was just kind of a little bit nerve-wracking like the up and down was a little bit um but luckily it wasn't too bad of a flight as far as like turbulence anything like that yeah um but definitely now at this point now it's i'm falling asleep as soon as i get to my seat and because you spend through it so much and i'm out and i wake up when i hit the ground you know pretty much yeah. a lot of times so now how far away do you personally live from like the, the 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 biggest airport that you'd fly out so if you were to go to doha like how like how would you get there um, we have actually a pretty big, somewhat of a hub, somewhat as far as like uh, that through Fargo. Um, so Fargo take us to um, Minneapolis. And then I went, or when I went out to Doha, I was, it was Fargo to Chicago and then Chicago out over um, and from there. But, uh, but yeah, a lot of it's, you know, Fargo. And then if I'm going West, then it's through Denver hitting United. Um, but we have United Delta right here. And so that makes it a lot easier. Um, you know, you don't have to drive a, a four-hour drive and then find pay for parking for a long time. It's pretty cheap parking. Obviously, it's a four-gate, you know, airport, but uh, <laughs> but no, so it's some early mornings to get those flights, to get your connections to go on, yeah. you know, to get at a decent time some places, but uh, it, it makes it a lot easier than not having that extra extra drive time and stuff too, so. Yeah, um, you know, being from a kind of some, I mean, I don't know how small of, of a town that is, but you know, I could imagine there's not many Olympians coming out of out of that town. Are you are you kind of like when kids are like, hey, I'm from is it, is it called Stanley? Is that what it's yeah. called? So yep. kids are like if kids go to college, and they're like, oh, I go to Stanley. And they're like, oh, well, who who's a big name that I might know? And they're like, oh, yeah, do you, this jab thrower named Riley Dalzell. Do you know do you know who that is? Like, are you kind of <laughs> like the big the big name out of there? Uh, Yeah, actually. Yeah, definitely. I think out of Stanley. Um, it obviously small town, which is nice a lot. Um, and then right now it's, I mean, on the oil boom stuff or it was on the oil boom stuff. So it was everything going crazy there and it grew quite a bit now from even when I was going through there. Um, so it's, it's changed a lot, but, uh, you know, you always go back and you see those, those people that have been living there for years and it recognize and everything like that and try to get back as much as I can. Um, but yeah, definitely, uh, guessing probably the only Olympic hopeful that's come out of there anytime. That I know of, anyways. So, yeah, I always, I always like to I like the watching like kind of the reality shows, like The Voice, uh, you know, and I, I like they always talk about you know hometowns and they like, you know, honor you know kids that were on or people on The Voice with like a like the key to the city or like a day they oh, call yeah. it like the day or whatever. Um, <laughs> you know, do you do you expect like when you make that Olympic team that uh, that you'll you'll get some sort of honor, maybe a billboard or something like that? Uh, man, that would be nice. Actually. I know I'm sure I'd go through the parade or something like the 4th of July parade or something like that. You know, um, uh, they made a little last in 2016, they made a big uh, mural in our, um, in our high school or whatever, in our trophy case with a bunch of signs and stuff like that and pictures of, of throwing in the years past. And 
so that was really neat just to have that support and know that it's still back there and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I always joked, um, the other college athletes too, that I, that I was with and still like training with like, Oh, I bet you got, you know, some so drove the train back or drove through Stanley and saw your trophy, you know, sitting in the middle of town or whatever, or your statue, you know, up in the air, you know, and stuff like that. And they always rib me a little bit, but, uh, but no, yeah, it's, uh, hopefully, you know, be able to get back there and give back a little bit more too, as much as possible. Once yeah. That's awesome. Done. Yeah. And I, I think that's what's, what's, what's awesome to me is the fact that like, you know, in the bio that I read was that, you know, you, you were kind of self-taught to the javelin and here you are, you know, you got yourself to college, you're like in a professional level. And so like, you know, obviously hard work went into that and a, and a little bit of like natural talent to be honest with you. But like, you know, yeah. those people out there who are like, you know, woe is me. Like, I don't think I'll ever be good. Like, you know, you got to put the hard work in, you got to put the training in and it doesn't necessarily matter because you know, there's some kids that are like, oh, well, I'll never throw javelin because, you know, we don't have facilities or, you know, I don't have the weather, but like, yo, you're like snowed, snowed yeah. in like half the year and, <laughs> you know, you're self-taught. So, I mean, there's no, I mean, I mean, probably like when, when you're teaching your middle school kids, it's gotta be like, there's no excuses. Like you, you have a dream, like you yeah. gotta go after it and do what you can to get, achieve that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, back home, I mean, like you said, you know, we're indoors practicing until, you know, you got to wait till the weather warms up, you know, and everything like that. And, and starting out, you know, it was, I got a VHS tape and I looked at that. I mean, that's a dating myself, but that was just the technology that we had back then, you know, at that level. And it was, they handed that to me because we didn't have a specific throws coach that knew a lot about the jab at all. Um, and, you know, cause half of them are just, you know, teachers like you and me, whatever, they just step out there and, Hey, they might not know a whole lot about this event or the sport, but they're going to fill in and be a coach. Um, but, uh, but also I looked at that a couple of times and, um, went through some of the drills like one day and then I was like, all right, I'm just going to go throw. So I would throw almost every day. Um, not a lot, but I would just go out and throw. And, uh, I don't know if that helped out that much just to get the rhythm down, um, and getting used to throwing an actual spear, but growing up, you know, I was throwing a lot too, just rocks, whatever, you know, around, the house whatever you know all that stuff but but yeah it uh it definitely uh helped out I don't know somewhat to have the time too in the open space and just being in a smaller school you can go out for every sport you know you can be well-round athlete so you can bounce around and um try out a little bit of everything you know baseball football basketball track um all the all the way through so as a you know year-round athlete you know going through everything so yeah, that's awesome. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm a big supporter of um, you know multi-sport athletes, and um, you know was was track and field just kind of one of those things that uh, you just kind of did just to keep in shape for you know whatever else you're playing football or basketball. Yeah, yeah. Just at the time, yeah, it was just I'm gonna run, stay in shape for football because football we were good. You know, that was our school. That was our thing um, at the time. We had a great coach. We had a great facilities, field, stuff like that. And we had a big history of doing well. And um, like starting my junior year is all I started for high school, for throwing jab anyways. And, you know, I was in baseball in the summertime, a pitcher and our coach was our football coach and I was our quarterback. And he's like, I want you to try jab, you know? And uh, so, and that was just kind of what started out. That was the first year. And um, uh, just kind of went to the first meet, hit up, uh, ended up throwing like our first meet was like 165, which was like our qualifying for state right away. And so our coach was pumped, you know, and Jack and yelling, all right, yeah. And so he's like, all right, you go practice that, you go practice that. And 
but uh but yeah so i mean that's all it was at the time it was just until like then started throwing well obviously in javelin then i was like all right well let's kind of work on this a little bit more and see what we can do and do it more often whatever and but uh it was definitely just i'm gonna do this to stay in shape yeah for football baseball whatever else um going through yeah was there a thought like I mean, did you, did you throw the disc at all or a shot? Did you throw anything else? No, or is this jab? no I was uh, – my freshman, sophomore year, I ran the – I didn't even throw jab. It was like running the 300 hurdles and the two-mile relay right after that, which was, I don't know, a weird mix. And then yeah. I ran the open 200 sprint at like, you know, middle end of the meet or whatever. So, and that was my events. And then my junior year, I started throwing the jab. And then I started um, the four-by-one and the four-by-two relays, and that's all I did. So by the halfway through the meet, I was done with it already. I mean, it was boom, yeah. boom, boom, and then done. But, but no, most of the time it worked out pretty well. Um, and I think that obviously the speed building, you know, helped out the running a little bit there too, helped with javelin and that. And, um, but, uh, but yeah, it, uh, definitely um, javelin was obviously more fun because I just go over there and I throw jab out yeah. with our gopher holes and everything else out in our open field, whatever, by our buses where they parked in the grass and stuff and, but yeah, it was uh, not ideal, but it worked out. So yeah. So you hit. So you throw one sixty five like first meet out like out of the out of the game like out of the blocks like. Yeah. I mean that's crazy to think about like here, here you know here you self taught like here's some VHS tapes, you know, <laughs> and then like let's let's hit it in like one sixty five right. So obviously that kind of you know puts the radar up on you know some colleges potentially because I mean you know you and I both know like javelin's not huge here in the states. Yep. There's only I think there's like 12 maybe states that actually throw the javelin. There might be a little bit more than that, but. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's 13 or 14. Cause I think Arizona just okay. added it. High yeah, school, yeah. And I think yeah. there's a, another one that just added it recently too. So there might be a little bit more, but I'm glad it's growing, but yeah, that's very rare, especially, I mean, it's tough for colleges to look at, you know, athletes right. to find. Um, and I get it too. Like as a college coach, that's a one event, you know, in the fall or in the spring outdoor only, you know, it's not an indoor event. So it's tough to recruit even as an athlete to get recruited as just a javelin thrower. Yeah. Um, Maybe talk yeah, about that experience. How was that, how was that experience? Like, you know, did you have to kind of self recruit yourself? Did you have schools coming after you at that point or, or were you like, were they like, well, you have to kind of try out first and then if we have room for you, we'll kind of give you some money or whatever. Um, yeah. It uh, ended up being, I would, I would get a lot of letters right away because by the end of at state um, my junior year I took second and threw like 201 um, and there was a senior that threw like 202 um, something and then so that was like I mean we both broke the record at state um, but uh, so I mean my first year out through 201 by the end of it and so then I mean the next year then it was letters you know there'd be come by my locker in the fall and the winter and I was already getting recruited for football and stuff like that too um, but uh was my main one was football to go and play somewhere. Um, but then getting more letters. And I was, I mean, letters coming in from random schools, all Duke, um, uh, Harvard, Princeton, like all these Ivy league schools, stuff like that. What I would probably never go to or never, but it's like, just, to, I think I still have the letters actually in back home in a box or something like that. But just be like, Oh, no way. You know, I got this big school and you know, all these other big schools and stuff. And, uh, it was just crazy, you know, seeing, oh, here's another letter on my locker today or, you know, recruit stuff. And they'd send out, you know, information. And um, I actually, I was like, ah, you know what, track is track, you know, it's fun for now. And I didn't really know, or I didn't have anybody telling me how good it actually was, you know, how good I 
kind of was, you know, I didn't know that, Hey, 201 is good. You know, I took second at state, whatever, you know, there's right. a lot of people that take second at state, but right. I didn't know that the distance, I didn't look it up, you know, Hey, in the state, you know, or any here in the nation or anything like that, what it was listed as or anything. And, um, so I didn't know any better really, which probably didn't help at all as far as recruiting, like going through or have anybody to like talk to and be like, okay, you got to go here to get help, to get a coach, to, to build up and go through. But, uh, I originally signed, um, to do baseball as a pitcher and then um, do football at in Valley city here, smaller, you know, D2 school. Okay. Um, and I was like, Oh, great. You know, I like those sports. Um, I'd be a quarterback in football and then a pitcher in baseball and just be able to roll through, be, you know, be like high school. Then essentially you're doing, you know, sports all year long, you know, nonstop. And then, um, it was after my senior year track. Then, uh, I threw 208 at state, like on my first throw. Uh, and then, Shortly after that, then I got a call from NDSU, their their head coach there, um, and Don Larson or whatever. He calls he calls me up and he's like, "Hey, would you would you want to talk and visit or whatever?" And he's like, "All right, yep, I'll be out in Stanley, you know, tomorrow or whatever." It was like the next day or a couple of days, whatever it was. So he drives all the way out. You know, it's a five and a half hour drive. Um, sits down, visit with me and my mom, and uh, talk a little bit. And he's like, "Yep, all right. Well, he can offer me whatever this on scholarship was, which was a little bit more." um, than what I would get through Valley city. So I was like, all right, yeah, let's go there. Wanted to go to engineering, stuff like that. So it was kind of my main, you know, um, reason to go to NDSU. They had a good program there and track was all new for me. So that was my biggest part. I think, um, at that point too, is realizing, Hey, this is pretty good. After seeing all those letters after, you know, other people telling me like, Hey, look at this, like 208, you were, you know, fourth in the nation, um, that year, you know, my senior year of high school, whatever. Um, if they're looking at, you know, my age group and stuff like that. And, uh, so when I started to kind of slowly realize what the possibilities are that I could actually be good at this, you know, with more help, you know, and everything like that. So I was like, all right, yeah, I'll go, go there. And once I did my first visit at NDSU, you know, just meeting all the coaches, um, my technical coach and stuff too. Um, it was just, it was a great fit. You know, it was, uh, you know, it's great, great campus, um, close to home still, obviously. Um, didn't really travel a lot, obviously before that. So it was, uh, it was nice there, that part of it. And, and, you know, still it was, it was a step up, you know, it was going to be a better, better way, you know, going to be learning something at least going through. So that was kind of what made my, my decision to go to college and throw still was it just, yeah. it was, and hopefully you can build off of it, you know, already done football and baseball for a lot of years. So see what I can do there, but yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, to, to, you know, to think that, you know, you have one, you know, I mean, this is, this is kind of like the story that like, you know, a lot of people go through or whatever, you know, they always think they're going to do one thing. There's a track for them. They're going to like, they're going to figure out this one thing, whether that's like, I'm going to go to school and I'm going to be like a doctor or I'm going to be like a, uh, whatever communications major or whatever that might be. And then yeah. change their yeah. major. Like for instance, they like find something else, they find their passion, they change their major. So like for you, it's like, you know, football, baseball, like I'm going to go to school there you know, and like, like you said, like, yeah, I threw 201. Like, I didn't know what that looked like. I mean, I just, I mean, I'm sure you just kind of figured like, that's kind of how it was like when people go and, you, you know, yeah. you got second in junior year and then, you know, 208, but like, you know, me being a throws coach and, you know, you know, knowing this, you know, that line, you know, I, I mean, you know, the, the farthest throw that I had to throw javelin, um, you know, I've had, you know, two guys that went 172, like 172, 173. 
you know, and that, I mean, I, and he, the, the kid that kind of threw 173, he had a back injury his senior year. He, I, I guarantee, like, if he was healthy, he probably would have been two, 200 plus, you know, yeah. whatever. But, you know, but still, like, I mean, those, that's ridiculous to see because, like, even the state of Washington, and I've, you know, coached for, you know, at this school for, you know, over 15 years now, I've seen maybe three throwers throw over 200, like, on that level. Um, so it, it's, it's amazing. Not only one, like, from the state, you know, that you're at, you know, training indoors and doing, doing yeah. those things, yeah. you know, self-taught, um, you know, and then landing in a spot to, to do that. I think that's just amazing. Like, like, like how that was um, for you. So obviously you were, you were, you know, called to be a, a javelin thrower and, and, uh, you know, to throw there, you know, so talk about your time, like at um, North Dakota State, obviously, um, you know, as much as I like to think that you kind of put that state or that school on the map, it was probably more so Carson Wentz that like, oh, yeah. kind of sure. like, yeah. like put, put that school like on the map. And, um, but, you know, obviously you were there before he was, um, you know, maybe talk about like, you know, how was that time over there? Like, was there thoughts like, you know, to pretend like when you went to those bigger meets or went to like, like Miami that had the warmer weather, like were there thoughts to be like, okay, like maybe I should like transfer out of there to, to you know, pursue a different area to throw at or like, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know, like maybe walk us through that. Yeah. It uh, really like going to NSU is like, all right, well, you know, here I got an actual like javelin coach that knows something about it, which it was a, he was a decathlete and he's really, he knew way more than I knew coming in there. So I was already going to learn something. Um, again looking back at it like oh well you know I could have said well I need to go to this spot I didn't know to research coaches I didn't know to research programs you know stuff like that and back then the internet was you know dial up you know so right. it's all yeah so it was and there probably wasn't a lot of stats you know on there yet either from colleges and stuff like that um at that point so to know just that knowledge part um I was going to get better you know I knew I was going to get better you know at some level some way some point um but uh but yeah, so going into there, um, I think that first year, just freshman year, um, I threw, what was it? It was 210 or something like that, I think, um, at that first meet down in, in Miami or whatever. And uh, so it was like, oh yeah, you know, white, nice warm weather, you know, easy training, you know, you can go out any time of the year and throw and all this stuff. And uh, so that would be nice. But I just, you know, part of it was not knowing and part of it, maybe that helped me out and a lot of it too, as I, you know, built up down the, down the road, um, just some of the not knowing and like, just kind of just going with the process, you know, selling out, you know, on the program of the training and everything like that, that you're going through. Um, but no, it's building up and then, uh, signing on was the tough, uh, not knowing, I guess with the division one, we were transferring the D from D two to D one during that time. Um, so we were in like a five, four year, like lay, layover period, whatever. So we could go to our independent nationals and stuff like that, but there's never, I couldn't compete at D one nationals, um, until my senior year. Uh, and then going through my senior year, I threw like 69 meters mid so or 69, 80 or something like that is, uh, which would have probably qualified me for, um, our, you know, nationals or whatever, regional, whatever, stuff like that to go through for D1. And then that first meet again, I was at a, the first meet in Arizona. It was my like first throw. Um, and then the fourth throw that meet, then I blew up my elbow and then had to have Tommy John surgery. Uh, 
so and then didn't get a year after that or anything like that to be able to compete at that level. So somewhat um, going through the college process of building up and, um, you know, just getting to that level and helping out. I mean, just having that coach, that team stuff build you up all the way through uh, really helped, I think, make me the, the, I don't know, if it's more progress the, the team buildup of it instead of, you know, just the individual, like, you know, in high school, where it was just, hey, I'm out there practicing by myself. I'm training by myself. It was, hey, I had training partners. Hey, I had a coach telling me what to do. Hey, I had other athletes that are at the same level, you know, blood, sweat, and tears going through all the stuff in the weight room, on the track, all the training. So I think that brought the team aspect around it a little bit more. Um, and then after that elbow injury and not getting another year, then I was back down to kind of that individual. Okay. Now I got to If I want to train after this, it's all back to individual again, where I could still use the facilities, but it was, you know, back down to my own stuff. Um, which, which has been nice, obviously, you know, been here for 16 years, essentially on campus. So it, uh, it's been a great crew to be able to be with and stuff like that. So it's been good. Yeah. So maybe talk about that. Like what, what pushed you to, to come back? Cause I mean, obviously that's kind of, I mean, it's a major surgery and uh, you know, back, I mean, not to call you, not, not to say old cause you know, I'm old too, well, I guess for the standards, <laughs> but like yeah. even thinking back, like when you had that, you know, surgery, cause I mean, you didn't get a season. So what, at what point were you like, well, I'm just going to keep grinding to potentially throw at the next level uh, when most people would be like, man, I, I don't want to have to go through the rehab, you know, retrain myself, everything. So, you know, what was it like, did you know before the injury that like you had a shot to potentially go professional or what, like what was, what kind of inspired um, that kind of journey towards that? Um, like through college, I didn't really even know, like there was an after college, you know, type like throwing like, Hey, like, you know, club stuff, USATF stuff where, Hey, you know, you can throw a master's level or anything like that. I didn't know that that even really existed until mm -hmm. I started learning and, and, getting my, you know, official status and like certified official stuff and, and doing that part of it. And then it's like, Oh, okay. You know, I can still do this for the rest of my life if I wanted to. And the main thing, I just want to train back up um, after the, so I graduated and then um, was just substitute teaching um, and uh, uh, ended up just like, Hey, subbing. And then I was helping out at NDSU because they didn't have, I was helping out with the jab thrower. So whenever they would throw jab, I would be like, all right, I'm not going to sub that day. I'm going to go up and coach the multis, the jab throwers, all that stuff. Cause it was, again, it was our multi coach um, was our other guy that was helping him out before. So I would go up there and help out as much as I could um, volunteer assistant coaching stuff. Um, and then just kind of still stayed in shape and had a few people let, you know, it was like, they would ask the same question, like, why are you still doing this? You know, what are you doing here? You know, why are you still doing this? It's like, well, at that point I kind of had a chip on my shoulder too, somewhat being like, Oh, well, I got my you know season robbed for me. You know, I tore my elbow and, didn't get that extra year is nobody's fault, you know, but it was just like, I knew I could do better. You know, I was building up, building up, building up. That was the first meet, you know, we hadn't even thrown outside yet that year until we got down there for the spring break meet. And I knew that I could build up. I knew that I could build, do, do better than what I was at there. And, uh, that first year back, I mean, I came back in 11 months or something like that. And I threw in a couple meets, um, after surgery and I threw like 204, like 205 in a couple meets. And it was just local ones, but it was like, ah, this isn't very good, you know. And um, a couple years went on then um, before, like, then Justin St. Clair, who's the NDSU coach now uh, up at NDSU, uh, 
he showed up and like, I was still around like helping out and coaching and stuff like that a little bit and doing some training. And he like watched me throw like a couple days or I hopped out with the group a couple days and he's like, all right, here, here's some training, here's some program. And then that first year, then it just snowballed. And that was the 2011 fall, 2012 spring with the Olympic trials and stuff like that. And then I ended up qualifying for the Olympic trials with like a 72 meter throw or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so that, that was kind of like the first time I was like, Oh, I actually, all this work, you know, of, you know, going through stuff, whatever, um, after the injury and stuff, but kind of built into now I got a really good coach here, um, with a great program. He is very accomplished himself as an athlete. You know, he just got done training and throwing himself at the training center. Um, and then that kind of snowballed into the era of me and Justin training and throwing and stuff like that. Um, and that, uh, was this the big change for me um, as far as that level of training too? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure like as you were getting older, you know, and, and, you know, kind of, you know, seeing new faces and new, new people coming through, you know, um, I'm sure it was probably, I don't know. I mean, was, I don't want to speak for you, but I'm sure it was kind of year to year for you and, you know, kind of seeing like where you would be at and, you know, obviously, you know, throwing at three worlds, I mean, it's just, that's just an amazing accomplishment, you know, to be able to do that as long as like, you know, a couple Olympic trials and, yeah. you know, and then USA championships. I mean, talk about maybe 20, you know, 13 when you hit, you know, the 8350, like, you know, I mean, I've, that's huge. That's a huge throw. You know, I mean, you know, thinking, thinking about that young man, you know, junior year in high school, you know, 165 throw. <laughs> And, you know, you, you, here you are, 83.50, you know, 273. Um, you know, that's, I mean, I'm sure you can even fathom to think that you would even throw a javelin that far, like, in your lifetime. But, I mean, you know, you, you did it, which was a huge accomplishment in itself. But, like, maybe walk through, you know, if you can, just kind of, if you remember just, like, the series, like, what were you feeling, like, just going, you know, leading up to that. Yeah. Uh, that, at tri or, yeah, at U.S. Championships then, it was in Des Moines, um, I was in the first flight, so, you know, we warm up early, we're down there throwing and feeling pretty good in warm ups. I came in like 12th or 14th or something like that with like a 73 meter throw. Um, I only did two meets that year. One was at Des Moines um, for the Drake relays. And then another one was like our home meet or whatever. Um, and then the rest was just training and training and training. And so it, and that Des Moines meet was in late April, you know, so it was, you know, two months since my last meet or whatever. Um, so I hadn't, you know, even thrown like a competition jab that much. Cause it's always heavy stuff or super light, you know, back and forth with our training that we had set up at the time. And I didn't know any better again, you know, it's just like, it's not knowing and just trusting the process and believing in it and just working and working on the little things the you know, the, the positions, whatever, all that stuff. And, uh, I remember going through and first throw was like 74 PR and next one was like 75 something. Then it was like 76 and. I was like, all right. Yeah. So it was like, boom, 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 three PRs in a row in the first, you know, in the first flight going through and uh, talk with Justin a little bit. And then we headed up to the waiting area and had to wait for the second flight to throw. And I was like, all right, you know, I'm feeling pretty good. And talking with a couple of the other athletes and they're texting or calling back and forth to their parents or whatever that are sitting there and they're like filling them in, you know, okay, this is where it's at. This guy through this, this guy through that. Cause you can kind of see through the tent, but it's a little ways away still. Uh, and there wasn't any TVs or anything set up like that. So you couldn't see what was going on. So it was somewhat su suspense. Um, and I just knew, I was like, well, 76, that's got to get me in the finals, at least, you know, looking at the other years. And that's what Justin kind of said too. He's like, well, stay warm as you're going through. So 
I tried to stay loose and keep warming up and having whatever free snacks that they had there because I was never used to that at a big meet either. So I'm like grabbing these protein, you know, Gatorade proteins, Gatorade, little Gatorade chews and stuffing all those in my pockets and everything like that and eating some of them and which probably wasn't smart, but I guess it worked out. Um, and then went down then they're like, all right, you, 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 you guys made the finals. You're coming down from the first flight. So then we got some time to warm up um, after that then and went over top of Justin. He's like, yeah, you're 76. You're sitting in like third place right now, like going in the through finals or whatever. I was like, oh, geez. I was like, all right, that's cool. I was like, all right, okay. Going through warmups and my legs are, you know, kind of tight or whatever. I was telling him, I was talking to him on the side. I remember that. I don't know why specifically. I was like, ah, he's like, oh, how does everything feel? Oh, my, my legs are a little tight and sore. I was like, I'll do one more warm-up throw and then I'll come down and, and then I'll wait till I throw and did one more warm-up throw nice and easy down the runway. And then, um, waited through cycled through whatever came down on my fourth throw then uh and then just patient sat back hit the perfect position and just took off i don't know hit a gust of wind whatever but all i remember is throwing hearing justin off to like the side over here like up on the sidewall kind of and he's yelling and screaming and he doesn't yell or scream really ever at all but he's like pumped and, and super excited and stuff like that and then i look and like the the judge is like watching and it like goes over his head and I was just like, okay, this is really good. And I didn't know how good, but you know, I was like, this has got to be pretty good. You know, he was, oh, you were standing way up. I don't know, but uh, then walk off to the side and then uh, <laughs> see like the, come up on the board or whatever. And, uh, and then just like the crowd just going crazy. And I think I only have like one video of the throw too. It was like a buddy that was up in the stands with this, you know, 2000, whatever, 2013 crappy little cell phone video or whatever. And uh but, uh, but no, just to have that and have that pop up on the board and Justin's like, you're done automatic. You know, it was right on the dot for a standard at that time. They had the A and the B and, uh, yeah, it was just, it was crazy. Like, I mean, in practice, I've been throwing like 700s, like 700 gram ones far, but we never really measured them, but they've been going far before that. And I never knew that I could throw that far ever, you know? And, uh, but yeah, it was just, and then it was just a whirlwind from there you know, I'm um, going through the team sign up, all that stuff and uh, going through getting agent. I mean, it was just boom, boom, boom. Um, and then signing other stuff, you know, sponsorships and all that stuff. And then it was just, it was crazy. I mean, we didn't get out of there till super late um, and then drove back home that night and it was, yeah, it was wild. But uh, yeah. yeah, those little things, yeah, you definitely catch on to some of those as you try to remember as much as you can when you're there, but yeah. it's flies by so fast. For sure. I mean, you know, I'm not, not trying to like, you know, I mean, 83.50, you know, that was back in 2013, um, you know, as far as like your PRs for the, you know, personal bests for each year yeah. from that, like, you know, you haven't necessarily seen seen that quite, you know, no. on, on a mark. Um, and obviously that kind of keeps you, you know, going because you know that you could throw that far. Um, maybe kind of share kind of like what, what are the pressures that you feel like with that kind of a throw? Um, you know, obviously the, the accolades that come along with it, you know, the thought that, you know, the, the fact that you know that you could throw that far um, and then, you know, you, you haven't necessarily hit, you know, that mark that quite uh, yet again, yeah. but um, what, what, what kind of pressures do you feel like you, you, you like that are on you for that? And then maybe kind of talk about what are some of the things that you do that has helped you kind of stay grounded to stay balanced, to say, to, to not let that kind of uh, pressure get upon you to the point where, 
um, it becomes a negative, negative thing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like the 8350 and like, I didn't, and you never want any throw to ever be like a fluke. And I mean, mm -hmm. whether you think about it or you think other people think about it, it's going to be way on you negatively. Um, I try to, obviously for that part of it, I try to, I mean, get more consistent. Um, as far as like getting more consistent. Yeah, that was one throw. Um, and everybody can have one throw, but to go from 73 meters to 83 meters is a huge jump. I mean, that's 30 feet. I mean, so to go through all that. Um, and uh, I think the toughest thing with that has been, you know, like you said, living up to that distance or hopefully getting that distance. I mean, that was seven years ago. Mm -hmm. um, obviously there's been injuries, you know, ailments, um, stuff like that throughout the years that have set me back somewhat, um, starting teaching. Cause I wasn't teaching when I threw that. Um, so maybe that took some more time out or recovery time, whatever, maybe, maybe not. You know, I feel like teaching is a step away too, for me mentally to be like, all right, track is over there. Teaching is over here. You know, home life is here, you know, trying to separate that stuff out. So it's not all track all the time, um, and get burnt out. I don't want to do that. Um, mentally I think that would that would I would struggle with that personally um if it was just track you know I wouldn't be able to handle living at the training center stuff like that uh, where it's surrounded so much by track I'm sure you could figure out ways to cope with it and it obviously works well for people but I think working on more technique you know building up through everything you know you one throw doesn't make you one throw doesn't break you you know whether it's a good throw or a bad throw you know it it's not gonna if I throw you know 42 meters here you know in Doha and at the match this last in 2019, I didn't throw well at all. I was not happy with myself at all, you know, going throwing 82, 84 um, at USA's and then dropping down to terrible throws and not feeling correct um, as far as like posture, as far as like my body wasn't feeling good. Um, it was just fried, you know, at that point, um, even like talking with the doctors, my nervous system was fried. Um, and that's just either me mentally or physically not preparing right. Um, and over the years, it's gotten somewhat better as far as just being more consistent. Um, how many meets of, you know, 80 meter throws have I had, you know, trying to look back at that. Um, how many 80 meter throws have I had, you know, total, you know, throughout meets, um, what is my average throughout year, you know, each year has it gone up, you know? Uh, so try to try to, I try to look at that part of it as you, as I'm growing, um, as I'm getting older, I guess, going through it. Um, and then also, what adjustments have I made in my training to get better uh, as I'm getting older? Cause you know, I'm not gonna be able to train like I was when I was 27, 25, 23 years old. Um, that training was when my body could handle that much training. And then now with more um, specific training, stuff like that going through right now, uh, I might not be, I'm as strong, but um, the technical stuff, you know, I don't have to do some things that I needed to do back then to build up to that level. Um, but some things I need to do differently, more, you know, more stretching, more recovery. Cause I mean, it's a 35 year old body that I'm trying to throw in right now. And it's, it's, uh, it's hurting some days, but it, uh, but definitely then you got to find ways to, to come back and train every day and just push yourself through it all. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely you, still looking, like you said, for that, that 8350 again, yeah. at some point and 85 yeah. now this year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, do you, do you, do you find yourself sometimes when you're at those comps trying to replicate things that you did in that you know, 2013 uh, championships? Cause like, for instance, like 
you know, a lot of baseball players, like, you you can, you know, recall this, like, the routines that they have, like, you know, they have a great game, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, what gloves did I wear? Like, what was my yeah. stance like? You know, how was that for you to be able to replicate? You know, do you kind of go back to, like, do those things? Because sometimes that will mess with your head. I mean, obviously, like, you know, yeah. you, you, you like you have a great game. Like, for instance, you play basketball, you have a great game. Like, oh, I wore these shoes, these socks. Okay, I had to wear it the same way. Like, I shot, like, 25 free throws yeah. before, like, I went, like, you know, high five my, my my coach like four times. Like you get you get you get in your head with like these different routines, and you and you feel like you know you gotta. How do you like make yourself not to like do that and just understand like I gotta focus on just what I'm doing right now. Like here's what we're gonna do, and and what it is, what it is. We're not gonna like try to go back to like you know things that we just did. You know. Oh yeah, then. and I think that's it. There's some things obviously you can control, but like I tell all, all the kids that I coach in camps, all the kids, you know, at NDSU that I coach, all my students, you know, even teaching, control what you can control. Like, I can't control the weather. You know, if I'm right. going out there and all of a sudden it's a rainy day, well, oh, now I'm going to throw terrible. I'm not going to beat myself already. Everybody's out here throwing in this rain or, or whatever like that. You know, I remember throwing in a downpour rainstorm in, uh, uh, where was it at? Um, Costa Rica or whatever for the pan or for the um, NACAC games. And, it had to get canceled. You know, the whole meet was canceled because it was too much of a downpour rain. And then that was halfway through our competition. And then we had to finish it the next day. But, um, but you know, like everybody's out there throwing in it. Everybody's out there competing, running in it, whatever. Um, that part of it is all the same for everybody. Now, what can I contr control on my end? Um, did I warm up enough? Did I, you know, I'm, I'm not going in like, oh, I need to eat um, this sandwich, you know, six bites of this with two peanut M&Ms and like going through and like, this is my pre-workout. Because, you know, a lot of that stuff that I had then or whatever, I don't even remember, you know, going yeah. through that. You know? yeah. um, I don't need to go to, you know, McDonald's and have three chicken nuggets. And then, you know, but, uh, but yeah, so it's like control what you can control because there's so much that's changing around you. Um, right. Like I said, you know, obviously my body is not the same as it was when I was 28 and 28 or whatever. Um, still the same strength. I think the body composition, I've lost a lot of fat and I've leaned up a lot. Um so now how do I keep my mobility with that um, going through and not getting too tight? You know, how do I, you know, working out my positions. Now my run is a little bit different um, with tearing my Achilles a couple years ago. So now how am I going to adjust to that and use that? Um, but it's just focusing on a few cues too. You know, there's a million cues out there that you can think of that I need to do to fix my throw, but every meet, okay, we're working on this now. Um, just like in practice, you can only pick out a couple things but uh, pick out those big ones that you need to really focus on and helps you the most out. And then that will get you through that meet and uh, hopefully get you some good distances on all your throws and stuff. Right. For sure. Um, you know, I want to, I want to talk about uh, Doha um, a little bit and not necessarily, I think uh, your throwing performance, but um, I'm trying to pull it up here. Uh, I want to talk more so like on, on your, on your clapping performance. <laughs> um, I made a meme back a little while ago with, with you oh, yeah. on there. Uh, and, you know, uh, you know, Shuey was throwing and for some reason, you know, they panned right to you. Like when, you know, as you can see, there's nobody around me clapping yet. <laughs> Not anybody. So I'm the only one clapping. Um, that was early in the clap. Uh, as we're going later on, I was standing up and yelling at him. Cause I knew that was like on his last throw. So he needed as yeah. much as he could. And I know he's going to throw big and he did, he threw 80 meters. So, I mean, that's right. a great distance for a U.S. jab thrower or anybody, you know, coming right. into that. 
his first major meet, obviously the match he was there and he did some youth stuff. He was, he was really good at that. Um, yeah. But you know, to, to step up and for him to throw 80 meters at a world championship is, is huge. Um, yeah. And, uh, but yeah, that was definitely, definitely caught when I saw that. I was like, when I watched the video <laughs> later too, cause I think I saw the video before and I was just yeah. like, standing there just, yeah. <laughs> Super excited, which obviously I just threw the flight before, right, number right, one, right. and then yeah, I yeah. hurry up and change because I knew that I could get out there. So I, I threw in the first flight and I was like, I got to hurry up and change, get upstairs, get out and back into the stadium so I can watch the yeah. second round of yeah. flight drill because I knew I was done. I mean, I was shot. I was, I was, I was out of it, but uh, yeah, yeah, definitely not my best <laughs> moment on camera. <laughs> no, I, it was funny because um, uh, Mag Maggie Malone like reached out to me like, and she's like, "You gotta meme this. Like, take a look at this." So I was like, "Okay." So, you know, I I actually put one together where like you're kind of clapping to the Friends theme song, you know, oh, and nice. like yeah, and I and then I had one about like uh, using Shuey, like here I'm gonna like you know give you an instructional video and like how like the level of intensity that i want you to clap at you know because he beforehand he was like this and then they yep. showed, you're like <laughs> so anyways I, I just thought that was you know i was fun i mean that was a fun thing and obviously you know there, there's a lot of things you know you you know like you said like um but yeah they just caught you caught you at the, at the wrong at the <laughs> Oh yeah, but no, it it was perfect meme though going for it because that worked out perfectly. Happy, you know. Oh man, yeah. I died when you sent that to me. I was like, that is perfect. That nailed it. Yeah, yeah, appreciate that, man. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I, I appreciate the time that you have come on and kind of talked about like you know your experiences and everything like that. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, your training to you know to get to um, you know the trials and then potentially you know get on an Olympic team. You know. Um, and hopefully, you know, we, we have, you know, a, you know, an Olympics and, and a trials to, to compete for in the summertime. Yeah. Um, but, you know, maybe without it, like not necessarily sharing all your secrets, because, you know, you know, there's going to be like millions of people listening to this podcast. You know, I'm, I'm pretty humble about oh, yeah. it, you know. Yeah, um, definitely. But like, <laughs> what what are the things that like now, you know, you, you have a couple Olympic trials like in your pocket, like what, like, like, what is it now that you that you have that like going into that, like you know, this, this summer, you know, 2021, um, that you, that you know, that you're really gonna, like, I don't know, I don't want to say focus on, like, I don't know what, what the word would be, but like, just, just knowing that you're like, what, what it's like, like the experience that is like now, like, like, how is your mentality going to be different? Maybe how, like, how, how is your training, like leading up to it going to be a little bit different than maybe what you've done, like in the past? Um, I think like leading up to it, obviously the training, like has been set, many years back uh and we're just kind of building off of what's going on so like talking with justin and stuff like that it's like all right let's work in this um let's try this new thing maybe it's working here um even like right now uh i've been bumping up you know my weights have been going up in my lifting and stuff like that and i don't post up a lot of stuff i mean it's just it's not my training so i don't want to be like showing it out there so i'm not the one to like i can't give it away like it's not mine to give away right um that's kind of the main reason i don't like post up oh here's what i did today you know all this right. stuff um uh you mean you don't, you don't want to you don't want to take your shirt off yeah and, uh, you know do some do, do some gymnastics on a on a on a high bar yeah it's uh i gotta start a fire before i go and lift every night because it's in my garage and then in the fire place or whatever and but yeah it, taking off my shirt yeah it's 12 degrees outside right now or it uh it'd be rough i'd be cutting glass for sure um but yeah, um, I think like leading up to it, I think 
as far as like this is kind of obviously like last this is going to be like my planning to be like my last year of throwing so mm-hmm. that part of it going into the meet i'm you just going to give it your all you know i mean yeah. you're not going to leave anything out there all that stuff all those cliches that everybody says but it's like i know that hey i'm going up for all of it you know i'm going whatever you know as hard as i can focusing obviously you know is going to be on whatever i need to focus on at that time i don't know what it is yet you know maybe it's maybe it's my plant leg when i get to that level you know during that time of my training and stuff like that um, right now I'm working on keeping my alignment with my feet instead of getting my left foot planted this way. I need to get it, you know, in the camera forward, you know, yeah. instead of turn to the side. Um, and I think when I've done that in practice now, it's worked out and the throws have lined up a lot better and like keeping your posture, stuff like that. And just working on my running mechanics coming through. I think that has helped open up my hips a lot more and be able to not necessarily open my hips, but be able to get them in position better for the throw. Um, and then that's my whole alignment. Then your power and your energy is going one direction instead of splitting out every time as I'm throwing through. So for me, those are the little things kind of like technically working on, um, leading up to that part of it. Um, when you're there though, I mean, it's a brand new stadium, you know, yeah. so that's going to be, it, it's going to be, that's going to might be one of the tough things to be like, all right, do I need to go there early and like check everything out and just be like, Hey, then you get, you know, numb it a little bit. Um, which I'm, you know, might do. Um, so everybody else can steal that idea too. you know, go there early, <laughs> spend some more money, you know, help out the economy a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, like you, I've been to Eugene, you know, so I mean, it's right. been there for a few meets, you know, obviously going through stuff. So I've seen it, you know, I've gone through it. Um, so that part of it, the whole system isn't going to change as far as like uh, warm up area, come back, go there. Um, that's one thing, obviously like at worlds, it's like you warm up, hundred miles away, it seems like, and then you get on a bus and then you sit in a mix area and then you go underneath the stadium and you sit there and then this call room and then they check your bag and then they tape a bunch of stuff. So you got to be mentally be like, okay, it's not like at a home local meet where it's, I warm up here. Right. I walk 10 feet and I go and I throw here off the runway and then right. we start to meet right away. You know, it's not boom, yeah. boom, boom. It's a huge break in between. Um, which that will be similar, you know, at trials and too. I mean, obviously it's a two day deal and a split like that. Um, so to get used to that within your training and stuff too, as you go through, um, hit those where, Hey, I'm going to throw today. I'm going to rest today or however it's set up or back to back, um, depending on the year, um, how they're going to set it up. But, uh, you know, get used to that kind of training mentally, um, and get your body ready to go, you know, back to back days, stuff like that yeah. will be some of the things leading into trials, I think. Yeah. I mean, obviously you, you've kind of experienced, had experience of that. And, you know, I, you know, it, what's, what's nice is that you have this experience of knowing what it kind of is like, but then there's also that neutral, like you said, like brand new stadium, like no one's, no one's thrown there before, you know, yeah. so you kind of have that little bit of an edge of like mentally knowing what to expect, but then also like no one's ever thrown there at that stadium before. So that you're kind of on that neutral level, um, you know, to be able to compete there. Um, yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, you know, I'm rooting, rooting for you. I mean, I, I follow you on, on Instagram, which is, you know, you, you, you know, you throw some, you know, show some of your throws and some of the things that you're doing, but you know, some of the things, one of the things that I love, like about the most, I mean, besides the throwing stuff, you know, that you post on there, like you're, you're renovating like a, a home, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I, like, I mean, it's almost like you're like, should be on HGTV, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Riley's renovation, like it should be oh, in that's there. A good one. Yeah, that's, yeah. I, I mean, that. yeah. I, I H- might use that. I might use that. I'll credit you for it. But okay, all right. Well, you know, shout out to HCTV. Get up, yeah. Riley. Riley renovations. 
Like get get that going. Oh, cramping up. Shoot. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh -oh. Uh, okay. Yep. Go ahead. You good. You good. <laughs> yeah. That's. Uh, oh man, that's. I hate the hate. I hate the. Cramps oh, right in the here. hamstring. Oh, uh, sprints and jumps today. Anyways. But yeah. So yeah. going on with res yeah. renovations and stuff. Yeah. So how, how? How? I mean, so you you got a, you bought a house. I mean, obviously yep. it was kind of like it's obvious uh, a renovation project. Yeah. Uh, number one is like. You know, where, where are you right now? And then like, how did you learn to, I mean, is a lot of YouTube, is it stuff that you've known how to do? Like, um, a lot of it, I think like, just like growing up and like fixing stuff and like, uh, living on a farm and living out in the country, it was like, Hey, you want to do something? Well, we got to fix this to, to go on that. And that got me, I think started on like working with my hands and like really liking that stuff. Like we had a lot of toys that grow. I mean, it was older stuff, but it was like, you know, 1970 snowmobiles and three wheelers and dirt bikes and stuff like that. Well, it was like, well, if I want to ride them, you know, I got to fix them and get them going for the summer or this time of season, whatever, to go out and do that. And then, you know, just building stuff out on the farm or fixing stuff, whatever. I think that started it all out. And then I've always liked doing that. You know, I've helped out a few uh, um, friends and stuff like that, that have construction businesses or like home renovation stuff um, throughout college too. Like, Hey, you know, this weekend, we're going to go roof this house, you know, and it's the dead of winter, you know, it's December or whatever. And there's got to shovel off all the snow first and then scrape it and do all that stuff. So I've done a few of those. Um, we're going to go do some drywall down here. So I think a little bit of that, and obviously on some of it, it's, it's a lot of research, you know, looking up like, okay. Um, when I first got the house, it's a 1925 house. So, I mean, wow. it's, it's old, um, yeah. um, super cheap. Don't, so, I mean, I got a good deal on it and stuff like that, obviously, but knowing that I had a lot of work to do, um, but like going through everything, I had to gut out the basement cause I mean, there's moisture down there. There wasn't ever, ever any water, but it sat for the whole house sat for over a year, wow. um, with nobody in it. So, so that kind of led to that. And I got it in January this, this year. Um, and then just had to gut out the basement right away. So I didn't have to breathe in that mold once I got the gas and the, and the furnace going and stuff like that. But, uh, but yeah, so going through that right now, the whole upstairs is done um, or livable, I guess. Um, the basement is still opened up cause I got to put bracing up, um, which I'll do that mostly myself. I'm probably all myself, um, or with, you know, friends, whatever, but I'll brace it up and then, uh, and then start like finishing all that out downstairs. But I just got done with some drywall in the guest bedroom. And then in the kitchen, um, I ripped out kind of the entry and stairway, um, and then going to rearrange that once I get the basement wall braced up, then I can switch my steps around to have it a little more open coming in. Um, but I did all new electrical for everything on the main floor and then the basement too. And um, then had to put in our water heater and like ran a bunch of other lines and water, brand new water lines too through everything. But so it's definitely, yeah, it's been a, it's been a process, but that's my, that's again, like, as far as like the mental side, that's like my step away. That's like my recovery. That's like, I don't know. I like doing that stuff and it's very relaxing for me. So that's yeah. my weekend projects. Um, like I said, like this last weekend I sanded and the drywall after taping and mudding and stuff like that. And then painted, you got the base layer down and, um, and then it, I don't know, it's, it's easy, like comes back and looks a lot better. So yeah, it, uh, it's easy gratification somewhat too. when it's looks a little bit better than what it did from yeah. 1940 or whatever. The last time it was fixed up or something <laughs> right. like that, but, right. um, I, but I, yeah, I, I, Oh, go ahead. I saw, I saw, uh, I remember seeing a story that you posted. You found like a, like a, a bunch of like squirrel, like walnuts or something like that, or what squirrel, oh, yeah. like acorns or something like, yeah, there was like, a, 
yeah, there's walnuts in my garage, like in the eaves, like up on top. So on the edge, like on the inside, everyone totally stacked like the whole way through. So before I moved anything in the garage, I had to get a big shot back because I tried with like my little one and it was like, it'd fill up like in two seconds, just like cleaning those out. And it was all, they're all frozen in there because snow would get in there and it's all packed in. Yeah. So then it's you know, January and everything's frozen in. And I'm chipping it out with like a, a chisel and like a crowbar, like trying to stick in there and then like got this big shot back. And I filled up three like big, like school, like garbage bags full um, and had to, you know, slowly like sneak them out to the dumpster or out into my garbage, you know, as I'm going each week. But, uh, but yeah, there was just all over in there. And I was just like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. Just one thing on another, those first few, first month or so or whatever, it was pretty nasty projects back and yeah. forth. Any um, like kind of treasures that you found like renovating this old house? Like, uh, no. And that's what I was really upset about. I was hoping, you know, well, there was uh, there's some of the insulation. It was sound insulation is all, but it's like old newspaper. So they just stacked together like newspaper, old newspaper from like 1925 or 1940. Wow. I think it was 1940, like newspaper from like Minneapolis. So there's some random old, comics whatever in there i don't think they're worth anything so i wouldn't right. say treasures but it was neat to see as i'm pulling off the walls and not like pull open this insulation wrapping and it's oh, just a bunch of newspaper clippings but yeah but no i was hoping to find you know something an old coin or anything yeah. there's been a few like old like wheat leaf pennies so like 1940s or 1930s pennies or something oh, like nice. that but when i was ripping up the floors and stuff but but yeah i haven't found anything yet all right well i'll i'll, I'll stay tuned for the next yeah. episode of, of Riley re re renovations and uh, <laughs> hopefully we get some, some treasures, but um, Hey man, I appreciate your time that you've, you've been on here and talking, you know, about everything and um, just have a couple of questions that I want to ask you. I kind of, I call them fun questions uh, yeah. that I've asked everybody on here just to kind of get to know you a little bit. Um, it's kind of off the wall. Um, the first question is like, do you have a, a like a night before comp routine um, like the, that you, or like day of comp routine that you can remember like for me, like when I was competing, um, I used to like lay out my uniform on the floor. So I have my jersey up top and then I put my shorts down right below and then a little bit of a space and then my socks would go down and then like my shoes at the end. So basically I was dressing myself like on the floor. And then if I was wearing a headband or something like that, or like, a, or like an armband or something like that, like I'd lay that like where that would be. Um, and then, you know, I went to an overnighter on, a, on an out of state meet and I roomed with like a runner and I, I did that routine. You look like I was crazy. I was like, dude, this is, I mean, this is how you do it if you want to throw far. So, I mean, do you, do you have like little quirky things that you might, might've done maybe high school, college, or even like now? So that like, that people would be like, dude, that's, that's kind of strange, but okay. Like whatever works for you. Um, I don't know. I think now, like the main one I think is like right before like leaving, uh, it's I cover my three S's so it's shit shower shave and then uh and go just like rip through like that and that's like right before I'm going out the door so you know I like you you know have everything like set up just to make sure because I forgot my uniform top one time and that did not go over well from coach but uh but you know and that didn't start till you know probably I don't know probably since throwing pro you know but you know it wasn't ever through like college or anything like that but like now you know you're traveling to meet somewhere you got all your stuff laid out. Your whole bag is packed up because I'm a planner and like early packer. Otherwise I'm going to forget something. I know it. So I got to start packing, you know, early on going through. Um, so I get everything packed up, ready to go and all like all my uniform stuff ready. And then cover my three S's, get dressed up, layered up, 
get on and then get on the bus and or wherever, you know, drive to the meet or whatever it needs to be. But uh, that doesn't always work. Obviously, sometimes you know, I was laid over. I slept in the Denver airport one night and I was going to Stanford to throw there and then uh, drove, landed like that morning at like 10 or something like that. And then drove over there. As soon as I got there, I got like 10 minutes of warm up, 20 minutes of warm up and then threw and competed right away. But, uh, but yeah, there was, that was probably that three S's is probably my, my main cover right now. That might be weird. Cause then sometimes you never know, you get a roommate that, uh, that takes their time in there too. So then you got to plan accordingly and it gets yeah. pretty quick, but <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I guess my next question would be um, like most embarrassing throwing story. I mean, maybe you kind of mentioned it, you, you forgot your Jersey, but if you can remember uh, just a time that was just like, Oh man, like what? Like, I, I just wish I could get away from the situation. <laughs> uh, for sure. Probably my most embarrassing throwing um, was my freshman year of college. Uh, we were out um, at our independent championships um, in California and we had a pretty good throwing crew that year with javelin stuff like that but we started out and i was throwing and i like i think i fouled one like stepped over the line the next one uh i just sky bombed it so it went like straight up in the air and it, like went straight down and i mean i had thrown like i said like 210 my first meet and this was our last meet of the year obviously coming through and then like my third one i like dropped the tail down a lot and lost the tip and smoked myself in the back of the head and i've never done it before but like and it just went helicopter end over end like landed like 10 feet out and then just just like rolled in the dirt like all the way out like 50 feet 100 feet whatever it was and then they're pulling in the tape they're gonna mark it because i stepped off the runway you know thinking oh man that you know automatic fail and my coach is off to the side and he's like what the is going on like what is he doing like he didn't say it to me but he's that's what he yeah. told me later on and luckily there's only eight people in the javelin so i made yeah. finals with like a throw of like 145 and like I've never thrown 145 in my life like I said like, yeah. I threw, like 165 my first meet and I'm just like oh my god what am I doing and I just started laughing I was like there's nothing more I can do I was like I can only laugh so I laughed for a little bit and then I was like all right got into finals I was the first thrower obviously and then like my first throw or second throw in finals my fourth or fifth throw then or whatever it was like 208 or 207 or something like that and ended up winning then and it was like totally went from bottom to top just like that much and I was like oh my god thank god I'm not gonna get sent home early or something like that I was so I just felt so dumb just like uh, hit myself in the back of the head and just rolled out and then that they were pulling in the tape and everything too it was just a mess it was yeah oh I definitely I, wanted to get away yeah I had the pleasure of, of talking to Kip, Kibway Johnson and he had mentioned that he was at some meet and they closed the gate uh, for the hammer throw, the left side, like complete, almost like completely into the sector. And he, and he huh. hit, and he hit the, the pole, but because that was in, in the sector, like it wasn't a foul cause it wasn't, and it landed like in the thing. Oh yeah. But it was, it was only like one, like 1 1.8 meters from the thing. And he like walked, same thing, like walked out the back. Yep. You know, thinking that it was going to be, they're going to foul it, but they're pulling the tape. So he, somewhere he's got, you know, in his archive record books, like a 1.8 something meter oh, hammer throw. No. So, oh. yeah. So same type of thing. Like, <laughs> same I, I thing, get yeah. you. Yeah. Same deal. <laughs> um, yeah. So the another, next question I have for you is like, you know, hidden talents. I mean, obviously we kind of touched on your, you know, renovating, you know, your house right now, but do you have any, any other hidden talents that maybe people don't necessarily know about? Ah, oh, 
Um, uh, not, I don't know, not really, I guess. I like building stuff. Like I've overhauled, like I switched out the AC on my car in the Walmart parking lot one time. Um, I switched out my differential for my pickup. The drive shaft snapped, so then I had to take it off like along the highway one time and the highway patrol came up. So I'm pretty handy with cars and stuff like that. Not, I don't know, not by choice sometimes, but, uh, but, but yeah. So I'd say probably working on cars is, is another one that I haven't really posted up anything on, I guess, or anything. So anything with motors, stuff like that, I'm pretty handy at, I guess, somewhat of a talent, but yeah, that, that is yeah, that'd be especially a talent. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, this, this next one I, I like to call favorites. So it's like, you know, I'll ask you like, uh, like a thing and then I'll ask you like what your favorite is. Um, yeah. so like favorite animal uh dog okay uh favorite type of music or favorite song like did you have a song that you always have to listen to before you head to the stadium um really any music i'm pretty pretty open to listening to but like obviously like upbeat for training and stuff like that and like teaching you know too for fired stuff um is is kind of the main as far as like music genres go or music styles uh Kickstart My Heart by uh, Motley Crue was like a song from high school, like me and a buddy would listen to all the time. Um, so then that one is always like, is a, is a pre-meet one. It's on the list every time, you know, got to listen yeah. to that, get going through. Yeah. And always gets me going a little bit. Nice. Yeah. I um, actually was just finished my workout downstairs. Um, and I, and I had to, I played, uh, this was like what got me through. Oh, nice. But the Rocky, yep. the Rocky four soundtrack. So that's always kind of in my, my like gets me going it gets me pumped up I always think about Rocky you know in that in that winter scene where he's like in the oh, snow exactly. like it just yeah yeah, yeah it just gets the boots you going. running through the snow in the barn oh, yeah. like lifting up that stuff with like the yeah. chains and everything yeah, yeah just exactly. like yeah carrying yeah. The, the over the shoulders yeah <laughs> right yeah so that's <laughs> that's kind of like my go-to song nice. um do you have an all-time favorite movie uh I'd probably go not necessarily an all-time favorite. It's probably the one that I like the most, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Catch Me If You Can with uh, uh, Tom Hanks and Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, okay. Where Leo's yeah. like, he, he acts like he's all these different people and stuff like that. So he can kind of just change and like right. blend in, becomes a lawyer, air, you know, a pilot, a doctor, all this stuff going through. But Nice. Nice. That's a good one. Um, uh, any like shows you like to binge, like Netflix or Prime videos, or shows that you're like into binging um i have acquired a uh a fire stick that allows me to enjoy many shows for a very low price let's say since this is recorded <laughs> um and uh so i try to watch i mean like recovery days stretching i'm always like going through and watching tons of stuff um uh right now what am i on i'm on i think watching fringe right now uh, I like going through like shameless so that that was pretty okay. I mean, just to see like that kind of lifestyle and it's obviously kind of funny a little bit. Um, yeah. Game of Thrones was all right. And obviously like towards the end, everybody said it got not good. And I agree with that. Um, yeah. but definitely any, com any comedy stuff is always usually pretty easy to watch and stuff like nice. that. But I, I like sci-fi stuff a little bit more. So leaning towards that part of it, Cool. that genre of the movies and shows and stuff. Nice. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm up. I love The Office. Like I've, I've oh yeah, I, like I'm a big Office fan. You know, Parks and Rec, 
you know, I'm, I'm more, more office. Yeah. Parks and Rec was okay. I mean, it wasn't bad. Like I watched it all. Don't get me wrong. But, um, but yeah, the office, I was like, when it first came out, me and my roommate back in college and going through, we're like, we're watching that we rolled through the whole thing and like still like office references back and forth and don't mm-hmm. even look close to each other. Haven't seen each other in years. And, but yeah, it's just all the time, just like back and forth. And so yeah, the office, yeah, is definitely a show that I feel like I could watch anytime. If it was on TV, yeah. I would sit there and watch it. No problem. Yeah. Same. Uh, favorite kind of candy. Uh, I'm more of a chocolate than a fruity okay. or sugary style. So anything chocolate is pretty much my go-to for sure. Nice. Uh, favorite snack food. Uh, snack food. Honestly, I, I like fruit, like trying to have as much around as I can. Um, the, for the healthy side of me but like the unhealthy side chips like I could eat a bag of chips in a city no problem any kind of <laughs> chips obviously the crunchier the better but yeah. like and like hot like jalapeno um the you know flaming hot Doritos whatever stuff like that like boom I mean that'll hit I'll even put like dip them in um, ghost pepper dip or anything like that but I like it spicy so any of those yeah chips are yeah not a good one for me to have around the house at all I try to keep yeah. them out of here uh ice cream flavor um straight up um probably just vanilla with uh and then mixing in peanut butter okay nice uh fair like go-to starbucks drink uh just straight black coffee depending nice. on the time of year it could be iced coffee or you know hot but yeah just black straight black there you go um teams you follow like sports that you watch like any anything anything like that um, football, the Ravens, um, it was a few tough years there for a while. And then, uh, and then they're getting good again now. So I like watching them as much as possible whenever they're on TV. And, but I follow them a little bit more, not a lot as far as that. Um, but obviously, and then just like try to watch as much local stuff and now getting into track stuff, obviously a lot more too, right. when there is a season going on. So right. hopefully watch as many meets and stuff like that, that there is. Nice. And then lastly, um, if, if you were not a thrower, um, I would want to be a, Oh, I wasn't a thrower at this point in my life. I would probably be, if I wasn't a thrower, I probably wouldn't be a teacher. So I probably would have went to some tech school and just like got like a mechanics degree or some building degree or construction degree or something like that. I'm sure. Um, just cause I liked always working with my hands and building stuff like that. But if I, transfer into sports I would rather play football probably would probably mm-hmm. be my next um to flip over into that uh seems like it would be fun to do at some point and hopefully not get hurt but yeah it's <laughs> awesome yeah. man that's awesome uh and then lastly I just want to give you a chance to like give out some shout outs you know if you want to people who you supported you or just friends or you know whatever you want to shout out oh yeah I mean just this the whole NEC track program um like I said I've been volunteer assistant coach there since, well, really I was coaching while I was still there and helping out as much as I could with the younger kids coming up. Um, and, you know, cause we had small groups uh, and not, you know, coaches were spread out, you know, at that point in time going through as a smaller school. Now we have a great program and it's just good to see those athletes like help each other out. And that helps me keep me going too. like see their progress and building up and going in there and seeing like, okay, well, this kid's doing this. Um, doing the coaching sometimes helps me figure out like, this is what I need to work on too. You know, I got to go back to basics. You have to think of 
so many different ways to fix them that sometimes I'm like, oh, geez, I should do that better, you know, or I need to do that better. They're doing it really good. I need to do it like they're doing. Um, but uh, I think just the NDSU track program, um, obviously, like the school allowing me to just teach part time has helped out a lot um, as far as like recovery and like not having to teach a full day and then trying to train after that. Um, being able to work into that schedule has been a ton, really helpful. Um, and then I think like just like the, a lot of the USATF coaches have helped out a lot too, as far as like, Hey, do you want to come down to the training center and, and train for a couple of days, anything like that? Um, what can we do to help you out? You know, do you need to see the physio, you know, after I come on my Achilles, Hey, do you need to come to our doctor, stuff like that and get it checked out and work on stuff, do rehab. Um, that's really helped out a lot, but, uh, but definitely. And then this is the number one is just Justin, you know, I mean, he wouldn't, but if I want to have had him come here, been lucky enough to get him here, um, you know, I wouldn't, I would definitely not be doing this right now. Um, I would probably, you know, maybe still be throwing, but you know, I'd be at the master's level at the club meets or something like that, you know, at this point. Uh, but yeah, definitely to have him, you know, just see something, something in me at that point in time and be like, Hey, here, try this out. And then be able to take those workouts and, and build off of that. And, uh, that's helped out a ton. So definitely all of my throwing right now is, is to what he started out with and building that stuff through. So yeah, that's helped that's out awesome. a ton. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, hey, guys out there, uh, if you have not already, uh, you need to follow Riley on his Instagram, you know, uh, give him a follow, uh, you know, support his journey as he is preparing for the 2021 uh, Olympic trials, then potentially, hopefully, uh, getting on that team and fulfilling a dream to be uh, representing uh, the United States um, at the uh, 2021 Tokyo Olympics. You can find him at Spearit241, so S P E A. R I T two, four, one, uh, go on there, find him, give him a follow, um, track his progress, uh, give him shout, shout outs, um, find that meme that I have on my page, you know, <laughs> a comment or two Good one. about Good that. One. Um, but anyway, Riley, thank you so much for coming on, man. Uh, it's been a yeah, pleasure just to finally, you know, talk to you. I mean, we've interacted a little bit here and there on the gram, but it's yep. good to kind of like actually, you know, have a chat. Well, yeah, put a put a face to everything and go you go through and yeah, be back and forth. It's, it's a lot better. Sure. <laughs>